0: Are you ready to take control of your wealth and design the life you envision for yourself and your family? Welcome to Wealth of Insight with Austin Wittenberg from Wittenberg Wealth Partners. Austin guides you through the entire planning process to help you build a plan that seeks to protect your financial future. He empowers you with creative investment opportunities and planning ideas to help you understand and achieve your long-term goals. It's time to gain confidence in your financial future. Now, onto the show.
1: Welcome to the Wealth of Insight Podcast. I'm your host Austin Wittenberg and today we've got Nico Dennis with us. Nico is a branch manager with intercap lending in the mortgage space um, and you know someone that I've worked with for I don't know probably five or six years, wouldn't you say now Nico
2: Yeah, it seems like we've we've known each other for longer uh, but uh, it's been a joy so far.
1: Well I appreciate uh, you joining us today.
2: Thanks for the having me.
1: And so we did an, an episode, I don't know, this was probably six months, six or seven months ago now on mortgages. And I know that, you know, so that's what we want to talk about again today, because so much has changed over the last six or seven months. It feels like, you know, as I've been working with clients, I don't know, for the last decade, we everybody's been refinancing rates have just been low. It's been buy whatever you want because, you you know, money's free and then all of a sudden that changed drastically in the last six months, so can you just give us sort of from your perspective doing this day to day what that ride has been like and you know just sort of give us a history of where we started maybe this year and and where we're at now
2: yeah sure it it has been a wild ride this year you know rates at the beginning of the year um started out very favorably um it really wasn't until March or April um, that we start started to see rates start to climb up um that was when the fed first you know tried to get a handle on this whole inflation thing uh i'm not sure if you've heard about what's going on austin yeah (laughs) a
1: little bit of news right
2: that was you know that was sort of the the tipping point i would say april is when we started to see a big shift you know in our market and and when we first started to see you know interest rates come up from from where we were um where we were spoiled you know over 2020 and 2021 um you know, today um, it's, you know, middle of December 22 and uh, rates have, have I think have peaked and are starting to settle into what I'm going to call a more normal range. Uh, but for some context, you know, at the beginning of this year, we were closing loans at 3%. And, you know, today we're closer to about six and a half.
1: And my dad just, I, every time we talk about it, he tells me just to quit whining because he remembers back in the 80s. Know him buying his first house, and he always says it was 18% and it was reverse amortizing, meaning he owed more money the second year than he did the first year. But with rates that high, it was, you know, that was just what you did. So that was life. Yeah. You know, so, you know, historically speaking, I don't know that maybe, you know, seven felt like it was high, six definitely still feels high compared, you know, for a lot of at least people, you know, millennials, so to speak, who we all got our first homes in the, the threes and fours but really it's maybe more just the dramatic increase doubling overnight basically that's been i think the biggest shock because the reality of it is that five to six range probably is a realistic long-term average i don't know i don't know if you have data on what the long-term average is but that feels like a pretty good place to settle
2: Yeah. If we're looking at, if we're looking at long-term averages, you're right. Five to six is, is considered normal, but the hard part is, is we all got so spoiled. You know, we, we, we've got so spoiled over the last couple of years that now we've got these unrealistic expectations as to what interest rates should be. But so many people struggled to find a home and to find housing because of the competitive rate environment. And because of this, this, you know, sort of problem that was created because rates were taken to such a low level. So, you know, now it's, it's, you know, the conversation has changed a little bit as far as housing and and what should we do with, with rates being this high. And, you know, I like to say the same thing your dad said, well, rates aren't really high. It's just that you were really spoiled the last couple of years. And now we're settling into a, a normal range. And, and, you know, you're right. Seven is not normal. It's, you know, it's on the higher end, but I think we're, we're making a return back to normal.
1: So if we're heading back to normal, you know, I guess that leads into when do we think we get to normal? So, you know, as I think about, you know, I think now, so I don't deal, you know, obviously with mortgages. That's why we have relationships with individuals like yourself, but we have, you know, I do a lot in the bond and fixed income space, and there's definitely a correlation between the two, right? 2022 has been one of, if not the worst years for bonds in the history of bonds, that's maybe, you know, I'd, I'd have to go check the data on the full history, but, you know, the Barclays aggregate index, which is just sort of a broad, broad, paintbrush of, you know, where bonds are, has had a really challenging year because of how quickly rates went up and I'm not expecting them to come down near as quickly. So as you're reading and, and you know, and listening to people in the mortgage space, think about, you know, and talk about what 2023 may bring, where do you see things heading from here?
2: Yeah, you know, I, I think we've got a little bit more pain ahead of us. I don't know that the Fed quite has a control on inflation. You know, they may they may seem to think. We, we've seen some some positive news. You know, November was the first time we saw inflation numbers come in lower than projected. Um, and we saw both the stock markets and the bond markets rally. So, you know, what that tells me is is the market is primed the market is waiting for positive news of of inflation uh, or rather negative news of inflation right you know i think that that truthfully as long as the fed can can get a handle on inflation we will see mortgage rates you know continue to to come back down like they have for the last two months or so you know one thing to remember is that the federal funds rate and and by the fed's raising rates that doesn't have a direct impact on mortgage rates rather it's inflation Mortgage rates are are more closely tied to inflation than they are the federal funds rate. So, you know, as inflation settles down or calms down, we will see, you know, mortgage rates improve.
1: Yeah, I think one of the things, sort of as we're looking into 2023, I think the Fed is probably a little scared <clears throat> at how quickly things could bounce back on the slightest piece of good news. So they've got to. I think they're thinking they've got to do a little bit more pain as you mentioned, just because I feel the same way. like we've seen it just recently that the market is ready to go. It, it will snap as soon as there's the slightest you know light at the end of the tunnel. So um, you know and you you know you mentioned some feeling some pain, you mentioned inflation. We're starting to see that come down. How has that impacted, you know what are you seeing for your clients with home prices? I'm I'm going to assume it's not as competitive as it once was. But I had someone mention to me a few weeks ago basically that buyers are acting like it's 2008 and sellers are still acting like it's 2020 and there hasn't been this compromise yet between those two things.
2: Yeah, that's uh, that's I love that that's the perfect analogy. I mean the truth is buyers have options now. Buyers have options that they haven't had. Let's forget the last two years because the last two years, I think, were a little unrealistic. Right, right. But I think that buyers have more options than they've had in the last 10 years, to be honest. I don't think that it's flipped to being you know completely a seller's market um, or a buyer's market. Excuse me. I don't think it's flipped being a buyer's market just yet. Inventory levels are still, you know, still suggesting that it is a bit of a seller's market, you know, but again, we're, we talked about sort of the unrealistic low rates. Sellers still have a little bit of that feeling, right? You know, ah, shoot, I I missed the mark by, you know, I missed it by six months. I missed it by eight months. But the reality is, you know, during COVID and, and the low rate boom, houses were selling in, you know, two or three days. Now the average days on market is just over 30 days, which is, is really not that long. Right. But what we are seeing is we're seeing price negotiations, we're seeing concessions, concessions in the form of, you know, sellers paying for closing costs, sellers paying to buy down our buyer's interest rates and eliminating that multiple offer, sort of that craziness that led to this, you know, really rapid increase in home prices. So, you know, home prices are, I would say, stable. I don't think that I've seen home prices come down. You know, appraisal values that we're seeing are, are still coming in in value. However, I think that homes are being priced accordingly. So, you know, something that I, I like to mention to my clients is just because you see a realtor dropping the price of a home, that doesn't mean that home prices are dropping. It means that the house is being priced accordingly. Real estate values are, are still continuing to appreciate despite, you know, what's going on in in the interest rate market. The houses being listed for sale is not always the best, you know, indicator of of home value or appreciation.
1: Yeah, I think that's fair. It it definitely, because, you know, the realtor can put a price on the home at whatever they want, right? They can, whatever number they think they can try to get, I guess. So it may not necessarily, to your point, reflect the fact that prices are coming down. Just that that one particular home, they did a bad job on the on the front end. So, given that rapid increase, and I think we, you know, it's funny enough. We're doing the six months later than I did the last time, and I think even then we were having this. Well, did we miss it? You know, if I missed it, what do I do? Type of conversation, and that was still probably two and a half percent ago, right? So if you right. missed it then you certainly feel like you missed it even more now but from from the outside looking in it feels like mortgage companies are feeling the pain so to speak a little bit and have gotten a lot more creative in what they're offering than what they were even 6 months ago 6 months ago it seemed like everything was just holding steady we'll see what happens but you know fast forward to today you know, it's it feels like mortgage companies have gotten a lot more aggressive in what they're looking. Well, aggressive is maybe not the right word because you're still, you know, the underwriting is still going to be strong, but they're they're they've got products out there to help clients who feel like, hey, maybe I missed it.
2: Well, yeah, that's and that's the whole thing is is you know, trying to make sure that, that we can create, you know, a balanced market, right? People have got to sell their homes. People have got to buy their, got to buy a new home, whether that's because they're downsizing or moving to a new location, but, you know, interest rates have a real impact on, on, you know, what buyers can afford. And, um, you know, something that, that we've been doing almost primarily now, um, and, and we're kind of, we're taking it back. This is a throwback, but we're, we're bringing it back to the, the buy downs. And basically um, there's a couple different variations. There's a one buy down, a 2-1 buy down, or even a 321 one buy down. And the way that the buy down works is it's a seller funded buy down of your interest rate. Whereas the seller of the property puts a certain amount of money into an escrow account that subsidizes the monthly payment and buys down the interest rate for the prospective buyer for whatever period. So in the scenario of a 2-1 buy down, the interest rate is 2% lower the first year, 1% lower the second year, and on the third year it goes to whatever the current rates are right now, not, you know, not on year 3, but, you know, given what we talked about earlier, the the fact that we believe that inflation will come down and that there will be a refinance opportunity somewhere on the horizon. We think that this makes a lot of sense. You know, now we don't have a crystal ball. We can't predict that. So that is something that we, you know, we make sure and talk about with our clients. We are qualifying them, though, off of the worst case scenario, which was not the case in 2007, 2008 and and leading up to that time, right? They were qualifying based on that lowest rate possible or based on that interest only period. So, you know, I think that that's, that's something else that's important to talk about is, underwriting criteria and underwriting standards are are tighter than they've ever been. But you know, there's a way to do this and and to do it correctly to make sure that we're, you know, we're maintaining a balanced um, housing economy and and providing tight underwriting standards for for buyers.
1: I'm glad you mentioned the underwriting piece of it too, because I do think you know we're hearing a lot and there's always people calling for the end of the world in the in the media, right? but it i do get a lot of questions related to is the the housing market going to crash right are we heading back to 2008 that's the last time people really can remember any sort of real estate chaos happening you know obviously the real estate market moves just like any other market up and down but um you know the people that are buying homes today and you can back me up on this are just in such a better position than they were then that we, you know, the risk of that now prices may come down, but getting, you know, dropping 20, 30%, I think is not realistic at this point.
2: Yeah. I mean, I, I I see prices, you know, depending on your market, of course, you know, I think prices, prices will change, but yeah, you know, I, I don't see a, you know, 20, 30% decrease in prices. There's, there's simply too much demand for our current supply levels. And that's something else that you know the media and and a lot of people aren't looking at is housing starts versus current inventory, right? Um, You know, nationally, I think there's something like Uh, 1.6 million housing starts, and there's only 1.3 million housing units, of which 100,000 are dirt that you can't live in, you can't move into, or you know, homes that are lost to fire or natural disaster or something else. So. Really, that number is more like 1.2 million. Um, so, you know, we're, we're still not making up for the need that we, you know, we, we, we have in in housing. Um, plus, you know, homeowners today, I, I just saw some crazy statistic. I mean, we have more equity in our homes than we've ever had um, ever, you know, and, and a lot of that is due to, you know, what's happened the last couple of years, but also foreclosed, uh, excuse me, foreclosures. Are at the lowest point um, or or near record lows as well. So, you know, the average homeowner these days has more equity, um, can sell their home quick, um, and and we're just not seeing that foreclosure number. You know, the the needle really move much at all.
1: I want to go back real quick too, because I I think I I unintentionally cut the you know where we think the market going where where it's going short a little, you and I talked sort of before we got on this, you know, as you're talking about those buy-down programs and the refinancing, right? That's the reason you do that is the hope that that rates come down in the future. And I think market expectations, at least with what the Fed is doing, and again, as you mentioned, Fed and mortgage not directly correlated. They're just sort of in the same world, right? They move sort of in the same directions here. You know, market expectations, I think, is that rates... Don't really start coming down again until maybe the fourth quarter of 2023 into early 2024. Is that your, you know, it sounds like maybe those products that you mentioned are set up that way given that sort of one to two year timeframe when it may make sense to be able to refinance.
2: Yeah. I mean, I, I think our expectations are, you know, 12 to 24 months, there's going to be um, you know, certainly some some positive um you know movement with inflation uh, meaning that you know inflation will come down um and that will have an impact on rates but you know as as i mentioned early on is you know last year we we had a little bit of a sneak peek into, into that window um and and kind of how the markets are going to react to that positive news so you know i again it's we're in a hard position and and you know the last person i'd want to be right now is is Jerome Powell and having to to make these decisions <laughs> because you know inflation inflation is real and and everybody's seeing it and everybody's feeling it but on the flip side unemployment is super super low um we're not seeing you know we're, we're really not seeing that rise up as a matter of fact the latest unemployment numbers uh, I'll say, correct me if I'm wrong I mean I think they came in um even even better or worse than expected depending on how you're looking at it there were right. were even more jobs created than than what was anticipated Yeah, um, you know so,
1: that's been a really interesting thing to track. Cause that, you know, that's what they're, what the fed's trying t- to do basically to help inflation is drive unemployment. Right. So, yeah. And they can't do it for whatever reason.
2: So, you know, I, that's, that's certainly something to watch, but I, I, I just, you know, I think that over the next, over the next 12 to 18 months, we are going to see, you know, rates come back down into this more normal range. Um, and, and by normal, you know, I'm personally, you know, don't quote me on this. Um, you know, I'd love. Well, this is see...
1: recorded, so someone's <laughs> going to quote
2: you right now. I'm just kidding. <laughs> you know, I, I think a healthy market is uh, five to five and a half percent. Um, you know, and and I would love to see rates come back and and settle into a you know five and a half percent range. Um, that's you know, I, in a perfect world, that's what I would like to see.
1: Yeah, hopefully we can set some set sort of an equilibrium. Level there, so uh,
2: and I think that's it. I think it creates equilibrium on both sides, you know, for for buyers and for sellers, um, and of course, you know, the real estate market, the mortgage market, just like you know your markets, they're cyclical. There there are ups and there are downs, and we're in a cycle right now. Um, but if we, you know, if we zoom out a little bit, um, you know, we can see that real estate is is a constant, and like you said, the two thousand. Eight and, and 2009 you know great recession um, is still fresh in a lot of people's minds because that was the most recent major recession. But if you know if we go even further back and we look at these other times of recession, um, home prices have actually continued to increase. And the other thing that typically happens during a recession is rates improve. So I think the last recession was caused by you know a lot of bad lending and you know false demand for some housing. And we just don't have that same, that same issue right now.
1: Yeah. You know, um, uh, that maybe that's the the best place to end because I, you know, I do see given all this, you know, there's certainly recession concerns as well, which to your point helps rates, but you know, housing still is a, you still, still a good place to be. Right? It's still a good asset to have. And as you mentioned, you know, just with where equity is and and things, there's a there's definitely a, a bigger buffer today than there was then. And you know, it's certainly going to be interesting to track over the next year as well.
2: Yeah. I you know what, I actually I really like this market. I'm excited to see what's going to happen next year. I think if you're a buyer or a seller right now, there there's a lot of opportunity on on both sides of the table, for sure.
1: All right. Well, thanks for coming on, Nico. Appreciate it. If you have any questions or would like to learn more, please check out our website at wittenbergwealth.com or you can text me at 801-839-7056. Please remember to subscribe to the Wealth of Insight podcast and share with your friends and family.
0: Thank you for listening to the Wealth of Insight podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. Securities offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA SIPC. Investment advice offered through Stratos Wealth Partners, a registered investment advisor. Stratos Wealth Partners and Wittenberg Wealth Partners are separate entities from LPL Financial. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest, and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Wittenberg Wealth Partners. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning.